Hey, welcome back to season three of Pigeon Hockey, a participating member of the Hockey Focus Family Podcasts. This is Chris and today's co-host Steve. Hey, how's it going, hockey fans? And you know us, we're just a couple of goalies that have taken one too many pucks at head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. We were going to have Sebastian on this episode, but little baby Seabass needed his dad. So <laughs> it's just, just going to be Steve and I. And uh, so we're just kind of calling an audible on this episode. That said, how is life, Steve? I really wish... Uh, we got to have Seabass on here because I was waiting for him to take out some of that exhausted new dad. <laughs> oh, he sounded so tired. <laughs> yeah, I know. In this oh. picture, he said, adorable picture with him, the little with the little guy, but uh, just looks wiped. So I was I was hoping he he had extra reserve to to crap all over a Habs fan today. But uh, well, well, I'm looking forward to it next time, Seabass. But uh, it's, we'll get that. Uh, speaking of fatherhood, uh, yeah, it's had better days my uh youngest who at one point was hospitalized with rsv so things tend to hit, hit her lungs a little bit heavier she uh not feeling very good it's putting a damper on the last few days making work and just life a little bit more hectic both my daughters are actually sick the older ones got a big tournament this weekend so having her rest up but um gotta tell you though this weekend uh, i've had this plan for over a month i was having uh, some friends on over for a bonfire and outdoor uh, homemade pizza, and it rained. Uh, we had record-setting rain in December in the desert. <laughs> I hit Man. the weirdest lotteries, everybody. <laughs> not, not the ones that make me money, not the ones that get me ahead in life, these type of lotteries. So it was pouring rain, bonfire was definitely out, and it did not stop. Like We left out, though, like I will say, the rain held out for both of my daughter's soccer games. My uh, oldest finally got her first goal on this competitive team. Beautiful read, gets in, snipes a goal. It was nice. But anyway, it started raining, like, I'm not kidding you, five minutes after. So we're walking towards the vehicle. We feel the rain hit, and I look to my wife going, well, hopefully it's just a short one. It gets over and done with. It rained for the next 36 hours. So was not happy. I was the old grumpy man shaking my fist at the rain. <laughs> so I was making pizza outside. Pizza came out phenomenal, though. But yeah, it was good having the company over. That was that was the big positive. But I'm a I love a bonfire, man. I love sitting out around a bonfire, drinking hand and just shooting the breeze. So that was my big disappointment, just because it's such a relaxing zen spot for me. Uh, my backyard, and for everybody that doesn't know, in Arizona, you know, it's walled in, bunch of trees back there. It almost reminds me of a campground. So it's like my little escape you know, when it starts to get cool out here so I can sit around a bonfire and sort of zone out. But other than that, man, uh, just a regular crazy work-life balance. How's how's things on your end? How's 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 uh, the – God, man, you've got to be – within Denmark there, you've got to be experiencing a ton of like – like how's the atmosphere with the World Cup going on right now? Uh, well, Denmark was eliminated. <laughs> oh, no, I know that, but I'm so, like so – yeah. Yeah, I know they're eliminated, but it's still like usually I still find even like the there's still soccer fever, you know, around places like the U.S. got eliminated here and people are still watching like you can't believe. So is yeah. it so yeah. is there people still just bars filled, people still chatting it up about the World Cup? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, it's, you know, one of the biggest sporting events, if not the biggest sporting event in the world. So it's uh, still a big talk. I mean, tonight, uh, the night we're recording this is uh, Tuesday, December 6th. So happy birthday, Dad. It is his 72nd birthday. Oh, December um, baby like me. Happy birthday, yeah. Chris's dad. Yeah, <laughs> happy birthday, Dad. He does listen to these. He says, I really do like when you talk about certain NHL players. He's like, when you start talking about the junior players, I don't really know a lot about them. And I'm like, no, that's that's fair. <laughs> Understandable. It's a, And that's it's interesting because I'm glad you brought us down this path because you are right. There's there's a thousands of podcasts about NHL, you know, yes. and me and you just love talking hockey. And when you go back to watch junior hockey, when you've been away from it for a while, because I don't I don't have that much access to it here. Like coaching high school was one thing because it's fun. Um, I'm sure it would have been better, you know, if I had a kid playing because I would have been that much more into it. Because the one thing I'll tell you is as a parent, my favorite thing to do right now is watch my girls play soccer. And I'm a hockey guy. So 
I love watching them play soccer because they're passionate about it. They're right into the games. And it's like my absolute favorite thing to do right now, as long as they're loving it, you know, and enjoying it. But I get it. You know, where your dad's coming from again is you. Is he a Sabres fan? Is he another glutton for punishment? Yes. That's why oh, I got getting, my love for the Sabres. Uh, well, he's getting some fun, though, man. They're 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 fun to like. So here's what I'm going to say. This is the only brief thing I want to say about the NHL on this. It's fun to watch right now. Like even the teams that aren't doing really well, they're just teams are playing better for some reason. Like last night, my Habs blew it to the Canucks. This hockey is so much fun to watch. So your your Sabers, you've got some talented players. It's like coaches are letting the talented guys play now and explore, right? It's no longer such rigidity in their in their in their systems, right? So my Habs are fun to watch frustrating when they blow a couple of leads but it's fun hockey i watched the bruins game last night because they're on that insane home win streak they haven't lost in regulation i think it's now like 19 games they finally lost in uh, in a shootout yesterday so anyway you know me with hockey i'll go on this tirade forever uh do want to talk to to you about bennington here at some point (laughs) but (laughs) yeah well, we'll have to have another uh, a goalie on for that. Like um, for you listeners, we will be having another goalie out of the USPHL's uh, Western divisions, which will be again out of the Pacific Division on the podcast here. If the recording and everything time stands up here in about a week or two, and uh, you can always go back and listen to Fabian Pizarro's episode as well, and choose one of those boys in there after uh, whoever is most available, and we'll talk some goalie stuff. We'll keep going back and forth with whatever. Honestly, goalies, players, it doesn't matter. We just once we get some of the uh, the in, like the initial interviews over with players, coaches, GM, scouts, whoever. From there on in, they're always invited to come back onto the podcast, and it's not going to be about them. They're just going to be, you know, it's going to be the three of us talking about conversation X, whether it's a draft year or a position or an event. All of our guests are always welcome back on, and that allows us to talk a little bit more pro hockey and, and collegiate hockey stuff because we have the junior guest. So that's kind of the it's kind of the goal is to get some of the junior guests back on with whatever role, or again collegiate guests back on and uh and discuss those NHL topics or especially when you know it's time for like free agent frenzy or the trade deadline that's all the great stuff where it's great bringing back on our junior contacts again even the play-by-play everyone we've had on we'd love to have back on again they can always feel free to reach out when you're listening we just got to coordinate timings that's that's the biggest thing with a couple of the players I'm, i'm coordinating times with right now i'm like sometimes it takes weeks sometimes a couple months to to coordinate the right time we all have busy lives and it's all about lining it up there's no rush you know yeah, and it's the awesome thing is talking to everybody different, right? So had everything from a GM, coaching staff, love talking to the attendees and the players. By the way, huge pickup for my team. Grab, snag me, Misha. Come on, buddy. You did, you're gonna, you did. You're going to get me some goals, buddy. I know it. Um, He's already got you some points, yeah. Yeah, yeah, loving it. I'm loving it. <laughs> I needed I needed the help a little bit because I was starting to lag a bit. But it's great talking hockey and getting perspectives, you know, because it it's beautiful, too, is we're now talking to international players. Right. And seeing their you know perspectives on hockey, how they grew up, their views on the game. It's 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 really fascinating. And it's it's great to also, you know, and the game is already growing so much. But like last week's interview talking about hockey in Ohio and Florida was, you know, really awesome. And, you know, having that perspective as well. So, yeah, just I love, love, love chatting hockey to begin with. But, yeah, the the junior hockey thing is definitely a ton of fun. Yeah, it is. And honestly, our fantasy league, the USPHL After Dark Fantasy League, which, again, the After Dark is for the the three divisions out here on the West Coast. When when the sun's already gone down on the East Coast, we're out there on the West. We're still playing hockey. Again, that that was sniped a little bit there from Brendan Price, the play by play announcer for the Northern Colorado Eagles, as we uh, we had talked way back and he was talking about like doing a mountain after dark stuff. And then we're talking about this league and it just became the USPHL after dark and definitely make sure you give a listen to Brendan. I, I think he's doing his second episode with the Dan K show and he's there. He's their coverage out West. So I think it's called go West with the Dan K show. And that's a, uh, that's our good friend, Brendan price who uh, leads that off. And if you haven't heard the first episode yet with, with the Benaldi's out of Vegas, um, definitely give it a listen. It's a really, really Really interesting and fun episode. But yeah, man, our fantasy league, we're all learning more and more about the different players as as things happen. Again, we can't just release players or anything. There has to be a standard set of rules, whether the player gets traded or gets promoted 
or misses three straight games, not three collective, three straight games. Uh, those are the only reasons we can release a player and acquire a new player. And then sometimes you don't. Like you had uh, Kieran Maloney off the Bellingham Blazers. I think he missed four or five games due to injury. And you're like, no, I'm not dropping him. <laughs> That's a good thing because he was probably, I think he was your top point getter this this weekend. So, nice. um, yeah, he. I mean, he just had an awesome weekend. And that's that's what this is about, you know, paying more attention to these players and and, and learning more and getting them on this podcast. And now I'm officially, as of this, well, at least I've officially noticed it this weekend, I'm now the only team that doesn't have two defensemen. Every team has two defensemen. And both my defensemen, when I picked them up as defensemen, have now since both switched to forward. So either one of them do get injured or get traded or whatever reason, I will have to swap them for a defenseman. Because right now I'm loaded up with eight forwards and two goalies. <laughs> so it happens. Uh, it's, it's junior hockey, you know. Well, there's you know, there's times, was, you know, even in the NHL where I was a big fan of trying to move Keith Yandel up to a forward position. Have him yeah. on the wing because, you know, in defensive situations where it's critical, you've got to a guy that can't play defense but has an offensive spark to it too it never happened i don't know why i have a feeling now you know with the way new coaching the, the new coaches are coming in and changing things around it probably would have happened but hey what do i know just the guy that talks <laughs> hockey Oh, that's what we do. But we do love talking hockey. And uh, for anyone that's interested in learning more about our fantasy league, just check us out on Twitter. A lot of information's out there. I'm already starting to figure out what it's going to look like next year when the six teams in the Mountain Division move up to the NCDC because I still want to operate something. But I'm just kind of trying to figure out how to gauge the premier teams out of the Pacific and North with the mountain teams that are going to be NCDC West. So I'll figure that out. That's going to be one of my, uh, during the off season, I'm going to have a lot of time depressed, missing hockey that I'll come up with something and I'll probably shift some of the point structures too, that I think uh, you learned from our first season of running this, what things could be maybe tweaked a bit uh, to make things a bit more, honestly, our points outside of Brendan price, again, who's, kicking all of our asses in this league i just um, ignore all him. of us yeah all of us are pretty close he's yeah. been hundreds of points ahead for weeks now and the rest of us are all like i think now we're all still within 42 points of each other which is pretty close which means anybody could be second or sixth each week which means i did something right except invite brendan into the league <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have to have the Brendan handicap next year. Okay, Brendan, everybody gets spotted 100 points to keep this thing even. <laughs> no kidding. You know, no more no more Miri's and Miraldos for you. That's it's not uh, that's it's no bitter. it's no longer I'm still fair. bitter about the Miri. I wanted Miri. I wanted Miri. <laughs> My fault oh, for well, not that's... being present though, right? Like I couldn't be present for it next year. I I don't care when the draft's going on and putting my foot down. <laughs> Whatever's well, going no, I on. Think... Uh, was it was it was Miri listed as number one on your? Well, my problem was I didn't really give you an order. I just picked people, right? I just said here are my guys, and it's that's... no, no. You, there was an order. Yeah, but no, but like if it was listed number one through something, it's just because I was going through and picking guys as I was just going through and slotting okay. who I wanted to take. So it's a hundred percent on me. You know, it's a hundred percent on me because uh, you know right away I was like, okay, I was thinking I could be participating more in a draft. Sorry, there's my cat being my cat. Go, just go, dude. I got two kids sitting on the couch right now that are just loafing, and he wants to be right with me. They're covered in germs. That's why the cat wants to be with you right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculous. Texting my wife, did you feed the cat? Anyway, yeah, so I, no particular order. And, you know. Well, you still would have gotten Miri, though, because what happened is we did the draft order out of a hat. It, it seemed like we laughed about it uh, even after the episode. He's like, dude, this is all going to look staged. I'm like, yeah, I know. But that's you, you were watching it live and you saw like I, I literally picked my team first and his team second. And I was like, OK, it seems staged. Now, that was the first round. The second round, I actually think you were third in the first round and then you were second in the second like stage where I I went from first to six. So I actually got my it backfired on me for the second stage of the draft. And the reason we have two stages is because they're still sorting out their rosters. So we figured at least get the first stage where we can really snipe some players you want right out the gate and then um, see what happens and see what filters down and, and wait for teams that are really, some of them are terrible at updating their elite prospects. Yeah. But, you I, know, remember, I remember that problem of having to go back yeah. and, 
take a look at things, right? That was about the only major snag. But yeah, I, I still would have been protesting that I didn't get Miri, just so you know. Uh, <laughs> Jake, because we weren't doing, like, we were talking about you in the podcast back then, but then I, I'm really a big fan of Jake's game. Really a big fan. Such a great hockey IQ. And like I said, yeah. he could, when he's playing out there, you, you, you can think he's defense. You can think he's forward. The only thing he, I don't think he covers is goal, but he'll probably surprise me. But yeah, just a huge <laughs> fan of his game. Just loved watching him. And that's why there was a big reason as to why I wanted, you know, him on my team was because of that. And but that's the thing is like he's an excellent player and that's the reason he was wearing the C for the Ogden Mustangs this year. I mean that's what we were all looking at. We're all looking at different players. We figured would uh would be the best for for our teams within the rules because we can we can only have one player per team in the West. So if you pick up a Jake Meary from the Ogden Mustangs, you can't have any other Ogden Mustang. It really forced us to look outside and try to identify players we otherwise weren't paying attention to. And my God, did we find just heaps of talent out there and that's why i think i like the way we we operated the league this year uh because i'm thrilled with the the players on my team i mean i got my goalies i've had tarantino all year long and he's just i mean he got even an assist for me this week with is an extra few points because it's a goalie assist every time um, you say his name a little green bag goes off in my head <laughs> uh and but yeah i also picked up like uh kai rivas uh, from mm-hmm. Bellingham, I got Staliv and Rao from uh, the Shredders and, and the Sabres, respectively. And then my forwards are Yushikov, Rosie, McHugh, Turner, Zillin, and Henson. And I've been pretty happy with my team. We've been steadily between third and fifth all season long. I keep missing second place by even point two points. I can never seem to get myself in the second. And I'm back in the third again. But that's kind of the fun with junior hockey, too, is there's weeks and sometimes weeks on end where these teams aren't playing. And so... You know, you always kind of take a hit when when a lot of your big players don't play for two weeks in a row. Teams kind of fluctuate, all except for Brendan, who just sits up top and <laughs> looks down upon all of us. So. <laughs> you peons. <laughs> How dare you be in my league? <laughs> oh, my gosh. And yeah, it's Lady Luck's always shining upon him. Um, and uh, he's he's been doing absolutely awesome this year. Honestly, a lot of these players have been incredible and i bounced around a bunch of ideas and uh for the time being i think we're going to get rid of the awards feature and that's actually what the the rest of this episode is going to be about is we're going to talk about well with a small little break here because i think you and i also want to tap back into a conversation we had with uh our, our previous guest from the university of cincinnati's bearcat stephen perkins oh the um, man with the flow the man <laughs> with the flow great guy and that uh, one guy fun guy to talk to fun guy to talk he, to he was fun, and I think we had fun when we realized that I completely miscommunicated what uh, the Desert Island movies would be, and I think that ended up being hilariously <laughs> awesome. And uh, and you wanted me to, during the podcast, like, let's let's revisit this. So we're just going to immediately revisit it while it's fresh. We're each going to list our top five Desert Island movies, and these Desert Island movies are, in fact, the five movies you'd watch if you were trapped on a desert island for the rest of your life. So we're talking, like... 10 to 15 hours worth of footage that's all you're ever going to be able to watch nothing like the sopranos for you or the office for me or like the jurassic park series for me it's it's got to be one movie on its own so if you like the star wars series you can pick five of them you know you can't pick well i'm gonna go with this star wars i don't sorry i don't know the star wars series that well but you know what i mean you guys seem to really enjoy it but let's do it let's let's before we break into kind of the 10 standout position positional players for the month of November. We'll talk about really quickly for that fan satisfaction, our top five desert Island movies each. And I think these might be very revealing for the both of us, Steve, go for it. Top five, five to one, five to one coming in at number five is Christmas vacation. I love that movie. That's such a good movie. It's, it's bigger than Christmas. Yeah, well, it's it's the I'm a Christmas Eve baby, and it's the only Christmas thing allowed on my birthday. By the way, like my house will be decorated full of Christmas. Obviously, I see it all, but it, I watch it every year on my birthday, and I actually will watch it one more time randomly throughout the year. So I already got it in once. Still cracks me up to this day. Coming in at number four is the Shawshank Redemption. What? <laughs> oh, huge Stephen King fan, man, wow. love it. And that movie. That movie for back in back in the day, like that was one of the very first sort of gotcha type of endings. 
Yeah. You know, because yeah. remember that was the big thing then, because you had, oh, what was the one where I see dead people? M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah. 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 M. Night Shyamalan's <laughs> movies. Yeah. I saw his one movie where I was like, okay. I feel like this movie's in present time because there's no way they'd have windows like that way back. And then I nailed it and I ruined the rest of the movie for everybody. But I guessed it like five or 10 minutes in. I'm like, that seems like pretty advanced technological windows. <laughs> the windows, the windows threw me off. I don't even remember the village. Was it the village? Yeah, that was such a stupid movie. But go ahead. Yeah, that was a big time <laughs> for surprise endings. Yeah. So the next one is The Godfather Part One. Okay. I like my gangster stuff, man, because they're yes, such you- entertaining stories. Such entertaining stories. And then coming in at number two is Goodfellas. And okay. my number one is The Dark Knight Rises. Wow. So for you, it's like thriller and gangsters. And you kind of got that one funny movie in there. Well, that's what I was trying to do. Like, if I'm on a desert island, I'm not just picking, you know, like I could have picked the entire, for example, you know, God, I'm not a big fan of Godfather Part 3. But, you know, I could have picked a series of movies, like you said, Star Wars, right? But I want to mix it up a bit. I have to have a laugh in there somewhere. And then, you know, The Godfather and Goodfellas, just good entertaining stories. Like, I really like Goodfellas because, you know, it's partly based on reality, right? Yeah. So love that. And love I'm a Scorsese fan, too. So, yeah, just that the, the mix of that action adventure. Let me get out of my head. Right. And then live vicariously through gangsters, but whacking people. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're I guess we're very different on that because I don't know. It's just I guess just me. I, I did write down like when when we decided to officially do it, I. I wrote down like over a dozen movies right out the gate and then I just tried to trim it down and I'm like, no, seriously, if I'm stuck on a desert, I don't, what do I want to watch? And I do love movies. Like I, I love thrillers and stuff. Like I love the true story, like from Valkyrie, the Colonel Stauffenberg. Absolutely mm-hmm. love that one. I love my Jurassic Park series. Then kind of more like, I don't know, serious rom-coms, like seeking a friend for the end of the world and stuff. But uh, beyond that, it's just kind of like, or like even Stranger Than Fiction. Like I love that one, but Beyond that, it's all for me. It's comedy. So, like, I could list another 15 comedies here, but I'm like, okay, what are my top five? And I get made fun of for the fact that I do like rom-coms. I would say for me, number five is Spanglish. It's one of, like, Adam Sandler's less funny roles, but I thought the movie was incredible. It's the only one on my top five that isn't laugh out loud. It's got some funny, humorous moments, but it's got a little bit of drama to it. And uh, I don't know. I think it's a it's a it's an interesting picture of like that part of America, and uh, I, I really enjoy it. For me, at number four is Euro Trip. That is a classic for me from the '90s that just goes through all the stereotypes of how. Who's in, the, um, who's in Euro Trip again? Oh, I don't. Is it the dude from there. American Pie? Is that the one I'm thinking of? No, 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 no. This one is uh, <laughs> they. they he, I won't even say he looks like him, but I remember. Is that, is that the one, one with the really, Italian guy that says Scusi? Is that the one? Yeah, Miscuzzi. Yeah, Miscuzzi. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that one I love and because I think... it, it really hits all these stereotypes that it's it's just funny. And being, especially now that I live here in Europe and I just, the amount of times I reference back to that and I'll get a look from my, one of my friends in that country. Uh, it, it's it's funny. I'm just laughing because I'm looking at the cast right now going, okay, because I, I saw the movie. It's been such a long time since I've seen it, but I had to, I had to take the look to see who was in it again. Okay, go ahead. Oh, I'm. I'm oh, going to force my European friends to watch it and be like, this is this is how late 90s writers saw. And of course, it was meant to be funny and over the top. And my final will and testament, literally in my final will and testament, my final thing in my entire will, it says nowhere near Berlin. And the lawyers, why? No, I just I just want it in there. And he's like, so you, you wouldn't want to be buried anywhere near Berlin. No, just just put it in there. He was so confused, and my wife was sitting in the seat next to me, just dying. And I'm like, just put nowhere near Berlin. <laughs> you know? I was like, no, I'm like, if I can have fun at the end, what's the point? And okay, so moving on, like number three for me is I Love You, Man, which I love everything Siegel and Rudd do together. Jason mm-hmm. Siegel and Paul Rudd. I'm just, they're two of my top three movies that they're in together. And in that one, you know, Paul Rudd's the main character and Siegel's his main sidekick. It's super funny, and I just I love that stupid crap. At number two for me is Hot Tub Time Machine. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, dude, you would have got along great with me and my buddies (laughs) if I had known you back in like the early '90s. We used to have because this is a little off topic, you know, because the '90 movies were coming out, right? So, and then Hot Tub Time Machine's early is it late '90s, early 2000s? Hot Tub Time Machine is like 
2010 ish time okay frame. yeah it's yeah so yeah i'm sorry i'm old so to <laughs> early 2000s is 2010 because i'm old for us in the you know the 90s some of my high school buddies we would have cheesy 80 80s movies night right and 80s movies are just bad you know the b movies are hilariously bad yeah. So yeah, you would have got a kick out of those nights, man. But, but go on. But uh, I do love that movie, and I love its sequel. The sequel, I was laughing out loud in the theater, literally, like just dying inside the theater in Germany years ago. And my wife smacking me. She's like, "Shut up!" And I'm like, "Oh, I couldn't. I was absolutely dying." Uh, but my number one uh, Desert Island movie would be Forgetting Sarah Marshall. So again, uh, Rudd and Siegel, but in this case, Jason Siegel is the main character. But, oh, man, you got Mila Kunis and Mila uh, Kunis. Kristen, Kristen uh, Bell, is her mm-hmm. name? All in this movie. And uh, that other big British comedian, he plays the rock star. I love that movie. Something about that movie, just it is my favorite movie all time. And I could watch that movie all day, every day. I just it has so many dumb quotes. But those are the Desert Island movies. It was fun. The miscommunication actually ended up being hilarious with us and Steve on that. And I just love it that he was uh, able to pull up some actual Desert Island movies. I, I was waiting for him to go like, I, I had to go with Gilligan <laughs> Island, the movie. <laughs> because like, there's not many, man. Like, it's pretty niche. Like, yeah, you guys, are you guys in like some sort of like, you know, weird genre thing where, you know, you're seeing some like underground movies, some indie movies about desert <laughs> we're going to have to go into that then like, oh, no, you got like the beach. Wasn't there like the one called the beach with I don't know, we would this we could literally go down on a whole other, uh, <laughs> rap, but we should wrap up the podcast with actually talking about and we're not going to go into too many crazy details. Otherwise, we'd be on this podcast for another four hours if I really give you an honest like assessment of of the, of the players that we're going to discuss here very quickly but really instead of doing the awards episode i figured we do like kind of a usphl west top 10 positional standouts of the month maybe you can say it or maybe even the, what you want to call the most notable players standout players whatever this isn't based off statistics but really just from the sad reality that i watch every game and these are the players that kind of caught my eye and really stood out in the month of november and again this isn't statistics it doesn't mean well this guy scored 17 goals this month and this guy scored one why, why would he be a standout over this guy well it's it's not all about scoring goals yeah that's just a lot of it that gets people noticed but if you're playing your position right and you're that player that just if you can draw that penalty i mean there's 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 so many qualities in what makes a hockey player a hockey player that you can't just go based off statistics and us as goalies we know it more than anyone that statistics are just liars. The, some of the best goalies out there have some unhealthy statistics, so to speak. So you really can't base stuff off statistics. You have to watch what a player does and, and, and who really stands out. And there will be some players on here with some big fat numbers, but there's going to be players that aren't. It's just players that have really kind of stood out for the month. And there's other players that were just injured half the month. So I just ended up leaving them off because I'm like, yeah, you had a good couple weeks. But for all you scouts, any of you scouts out there, USHL, NAHL, CHL, D1 scouts, NCDC scouts, coaches, GMs, whatever. If I'm saying their name on this podcast and I tell you, I, I literally watch every game in the West every week. <laughs> I notice a lot and I still I still miss a lot. And I've I've had people send me clips now and I'm like, I watched that game and I don't maybe I walked away to use the bathroom. I don't know sometimes. So well, I but do also miss as a goalie, right? Like it's it's hard to catch absolutely everything, right? So I always got multiple scouts and sometimes when you know you're looking at a specific team, right? It's hard yeah. to catch everything because if you're if you're focusing in on a puck moving defenseman, right, you're missing the stuff away from the play at times. Right. So it's literally yes. impossible. You're doing you're doing the best you can in little snippets and, you know, in between writing notes and doing stuff. So it's yeah, de- I definitely don't right. envy scouts. Well, <laughs> that's the thing. And that's the thing with scouts, because scouts, you can't write it. And scouts can't. They cannot write a report based off of one game. A scout has to go to five, six, seven games to actually get a true assessment of a player, because a player could have a bad game or two. Or they could have an amazing game or two. And they're thinking, wow, this guy's this kid's the next Gretzky. Well, yeah, from one game, maybe if you watch seven of his games, maybe not. You've got to really assess a player by watching a lot of their games. But these players really just had had a really strong November. They may have not had a great October or they may have had a great October. They might have a crappy December. They could have a great one. It doesn't matter. They, For my assessment, I remember these names popping up quite often and being impressed by their play in the month of November. So if they're an O2 and you're a college program, 
might want to look closer at some of these kids. And if they're not O2 and you're a higher level league, I would definitely be sniffing at these kids too. Obviously, if some of these kids are already on programs where they might be able to bump up to a team that's NCDC next year, then that's a possibility. But you never know. I mean, I would definitely... uh, these kids stood out pretty good this month, so if you're a scout out there and you're curious as to why I specifically picked a player, reach out. I'll tell you a little bit more. Take yeah, a look at the honorable mention outside the USPHL West, my friend. Yeah, so my honorable mention outside the USPHL West will be uh, Matthew Desiderio. Uh He's an 05 out of North Caldwell, New Jersey, and he plays with the Austin Bruins in the NAHL. He just really stood out in the month of November, and it? It, this was hard because I really did want to include a couple players that are from teams I watch outside the USPHL. And man, Desiderio just had a month. And I'm telling I already know who I'm picking from Austin next month because the kid is lighting it up. But I'll, I'll save your name for later, Buffalo boy. But uh, <laughs> but yeah, Desiderio, I just as defensively speaking, not only his he just had a month in terms. I, I don't think his I don't even think his production was that heavy. But again, he's one of those players that when he's on the ice, you know he's on the ice. And then my other honorable mention is inside the USPHL, and that's going to be Kyle Russell off the Vernal Oilers. He's an 0-2 out of Dallas, Texas. Man, he's got the points behind his name right now, and he really does stand out. Then at number 10 for me, it's going to be off the Bakersfield Roughnecks, and that's going to be Nicholas Modine, the 0-4 out of Phoenix, Arizona. I know you're pretty excited, yet you know we've had a Texas kid and an Arizona kid back-to-back right here. So hockey is growing. The non-traditional hockey market players that just keep coming up one after the other. But at number 9 for me, it's going to be the Utah Outliers, Magnus Einerson, the 0-3 out of Winnipeg, Manitoba. And number 8 is going to be out of the Prober Predators, Peter Van Voorhoos. I can't pronounce your name, kid. I hear it all the time, and I still can't pronounce his name. <laughs> you know, I every single time they say it, I'm like, oh, that's easy. And then I try to say it later, and I'm like, yeah, I don't. Is it Van Voorhees? Uh, Van Voorhees? Is it Van Voorhees? Damn, man, that sounds right. I don't know. Sorry, you're, sorry, you're, Peter. You, because well, you're me, going off, you're just you're just pronouncing it phonetically, man. Like I get it. I totally well, understand. No, Gak or Misha are gonna reach out and be like, yeah, dude, you're you're slaughtering this. But you know, <laughs> but uh. You know, at least I got Mashar's name right. Like, that's yeah. one. And hey, I got that one right because I was listening to a broadcast where they kept saying, I forgot what they said, Mishar or something. And I was like, it was driving me nuts. But but yeah, so he's an 03 out of Eden Prairie, Minnesota. And then we move on to number seven, and this is going to be out of Puebla Bowls. It's going to be Max Iverson, the 02 out of Sweden. At number six, out of Rock Springs Prospectors, it's going to be Matai Namik, who's an 05 out of Czechia. And then in the top five for the defenders in a month, it's going to be Xavier Fortin from the Northern Colorado Eagles, the 0-2 out of Quebec, and number four, Jacob Gagnon. And they say Gagnon. No, really? no, no. Not, not Gagnon. They really say not, Gagnon. Not Gagnon. Not Gagnon. They say Gagnon. And oh, dear Lord. I've had this, well, I've had this discussion with a guy who I worked for uh, way back in England, and he said his last name was Gagnon. He's like, no, my last name's pronounced Gagnon. So that's how they pronounce your last name. I'm going with it. But being he's from Fresno, California, I'm assuming it is Jacob Gagnon and not okay, Gagnon. Okay, and I apologize, Jacob, French-Canadian here. So I'm trying to force our will on you, but that's okay. <laughs> Jacob can also let us know because yeah. I haven't ever talked to Jacob directly. So uh, he can let us know if it's Gagnon or Gagnon. But at number three, it's going to be Nick Benaldi, the 03 out of Las Vegas, Nevada, from the Las Vegas T-Birds. At number two, it's going to be Teddy Hember. Out of the Ogden Mustangs, he's an 03 out of Stockholm, Sweden. All right, Chris, and let me know who the number one defensive player of the month is. The defensive player of the month for me is going to be out of the Idaho Falls Spud Kings, and it's going to be Yamir Wasil. And I'm hoping I pronounced your name right, kid, but he's out of a, I'm assuming it's called Belvedere, Illinois. Yeah. Um, so two things I could be getting wrong there, Ymir. Uh, But uh, I tell you what, man, since joining the Spud Kings, because uh, I think he joined them right at the beginning of November, if not the end of October, he was probably one of the most noticeable players on the ice. And what an addition, because not only can he score, but he plays with that edge and he just shakes things up. I mean, he when he's on the ice, you know he's on the ice. Like, he is that player that's sparking the rest of his team and just igniting the other team to hate him. He just plays with an edge in his game, and I absolutely love that out of defenseman. Yeah, um, <laughs> uh, so do I, because I sincerely miss Shea Weber brutalizing guys <laughs> in front of the Habs. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. You know, when you, you know when players are gone from your team and, you know, people want to rag on them. I could tell Weber's step was slowing down. I didn't realize how bad his injuries were and how, you know, I knew he was tough, but not that tough. But yeah. you need that gritty defenseman. Yeah. <laughs> you need them. Oh, they, they help us goalies out so much because, you know, somebody's going to get punished for that extra slash. So. Well, it's not only that, like he's offensively gifted and he is that defensive player you love as a goalie because when anyone gets near his tendies, he's like one of the first guys in their faces. There's no hesitation. There's no like (laughs) he's not only in their faces, like he's already on the other player. He's already making physical contact with that other player, whatever that is. Like if that's just driving right into the player to drive them away from his goalie, it's like stay away from my goalie. And God, us goalies love those defensemen. Indeed, and not the type that shove them into us one more no, time. No, no, we don't this, like this. Will be repeated several times. <laughs> oh, anyway, good times. All right, yeah. so let's talk about the honorable mention for forwards. Yeah, so my honorable mention from forwards, and we're going to stay right with Austin here, but it's going to be Ocean Wallace, who's an O three out of Boulder, Colorado. He again, he had a pretty good month. I mean, in terms of like uh, offensive production. But that's not the only thing that stands out. He had a good month. His play on the ice is so noticeable, and he makes plays happen. He's involved in the plays. Every single time watching any of these uh, these these Bruins broadcasts out of whether they're actually in Austin, I think they were away a lot of times this month. All I know is Austin, if you're listening, can we can we stop with the shootouts already? <laughs> Every game goes to a shootout. I swear. Maybe not the last game or two. I really thought this Iowa Bulls game from a couple weeks ago was going to go into I thought they were going to lose. And then we're just like a minute or two left. And then they scored two quickies. And I'm like, oh, well, here we go again. (laughs) The the Bruins are going into an overtime to go into a shootout. Then they scored, I think, with like three seconds left. And I'm like, well, I didn't see any of that coming. That was awesome because I didn't as a time saver, I don't have to sit through an overtime in a shootout, which uh, Austin, man, they have been the shootout. I wouldn't even say Kings because they've dropped a few of the shootouts, but uh, I'd say Kings in terms of maybe the total amount that they play. But yeah, it would be Ocean Wallace. And my honorable mention from the USPHL would be uh, Yuri Stalev from the Long Beach Shredders. He's an 0-2 out of Moscow. And he was he's actually on my, my fantasy team as one of my defensemen, and he is now a forward. He has probably for me already the goal of the year, which you listeners will be able to see on our Twitter page at official. You're just going to have to wait for number one to drop because it's going to be Yuri's. Then at number 10, it's going to be uh, Mark Antoine Prince out of the Northern Colorado Eagles. He's an 0-2 out of what I assume is Boucherville, Quebec. Uh, you can correct me on that uh, if I'm in fact wrong. But uh, yeah, it's going to be Mark Antoine Prince. He's really stood out with Northern Colorado this month. I mean, <laughs> he's got to be one of their leading scorers at this point. I should really check stats, but he's just had a month. And number nine is going to be our good friend Mikhail Mashar on your fantasy team. He's off the Provo Predators and he's an 0-2 out of Minsk, Belarus. At number eight, is going to be Tucker Thorstad out of the Ogden Mustangs. He's an 03 that's actually out of Ogden, Utah. And I'm telling you, man, he's had an excellent season so far on the score sheet. But what's most notable from him, uh, especially compared to the previous season, is how he's really coming into his own as a junior hockey player. I mean, just leaps and bounds above last season. When you see him on the ice, he just looks like a completely different player. He's just so massively improved. And I know you weren't on the podcast where we interviewed him, but I'm telling you, man, like he has really stood out. And in November, I just saw him make plays that I was like, okay, that's incredible. But then at number seven is going to be Nahum Tesson, the O2 out of Helsinki, Finland. And he's part of the Seattle Totems. This kid plays with an edge. <laughs> when he's on the ice, you really, really do notice him. He He's strong. He's physical. He's fast. He can put the puck in the net. And I tell you what, uh, some of these college programs should probably be looking again at some of these O2s I'm mentioning. But then I'm going to move into number six, and this is going to be Roman Walneck off the Bellingham Blazers. He's an 05 out of Langley, British Columbia, and he has just had an excellent month as well. And I'm pretty sure if he keeps up with the what he's just done this most recent game, he'll be making the December list as well because I think he scored a Hattie. And at number five, we're going to be talking about Nathan Compton off the Long Beach Shredders. He's an 03 out of Lakewood, California. Same thing. He's one of the leading scorers for Long Beach and just an incredible player. And uh, when he's on the ice, you know it because he 
finds a way to that puck and he takes it. At number four, it's going to be off the Ontario Junior Reign, and that's Ethan McKibben. He's an 0-2 out of Chestermere, Alberta, and he's got some of our best, I think, at least a couple of the best goals so far of the year. And there's going to be one here dropping on our Twitter page uh, at some point very soon. At number three, it's going to be off the Vernal Oilers, and this is going to be Alex Bartakovics. He's an 0-4 out of Slovakia. And yeah, the numbers are behind this kid. I mean, he can score, but it's not only that. He just, it's like he has a wire on his stick with the puck. I mean, he just, he doesn't lose touch of it. And it definitely reminds me a lot of the Slovakian I played with in England, because when he's got the puck, it's just, there's like a magnet to his stick. It's incredible. And number two, it's going to be Nerik Lexinian, one of your players off your yes. fantasy team. <laughs> yes. And he's an O2 out of East Ang. Is it East Angus, Quebec? Uh, I would assume so. That's one place I've never okay. heard of. Apparently, the beef okay. must be good, buddy. <laughs> 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 or knowing Quebec, there's a big ACDC reference there somehow. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But yeah, Nerik Alexinian would be my second player that's definitely been the most standout so far this month. Awesome. And let's talk about the forward of the month. Forward of the month is going to be no surprise here because you didn't shut up about him earlier. Uh, it's going to be Jake Meary. <laughs> Jake Meary, the O2 out of Fremont, California. He, I mean, what can you say? I mean... He's just uh, he, he's the whole package of a player. There's some players where you're, you generally you watch there, and a few of these, uh, a few of the players I've already mentioned that they're playing at the USPHL level and they're not they're not up a notch. Jake is one of these kids. I mean, if I'm a college program, I'm hunting. <laughs> I'm hunting some of these kids big time. And you D1 programs because I know you guys listen. You reach out. Take a look at some of these kids. I, I don't have all the tools that uh, the bigger programs do. I like I don't have Instat and all that. I barely know what it is. But I know that there's a way to just see every shift from every game. And I think if if if, if scouts and GMs and coaches, uh, depending on the tools that they have, uh, can watch some of the shifts from from a player like Jake Meary or Alexinian or Bartakovics. I mean. Or McKibben or Compton or Wallenick or Tesla, my man, I'm telling you, man, like these kids will be signed. I'm I'm quite impressed. But yeah, that was uh my forwards of the month. All right, now uh last but never least. Never least. <laughs> never. Uh, who's your honorable men- mention for the attendees, my friend? My honorable mention for the attendees could should come as no shocker here, but it's going to be off the Northeast Generals. It's going to be Colin DeYoung. The month he has had has been incredible. Stats aside, some of the saves he made, especially there was a game on a Saturday night in, in Maine <laughs> where that I will just say that if, if you can go back to the Saturday night game, I want to say it was the 12th of November. It had to be the 12th of November uh, where Northeast Generals are facing Maine. If any listeners want to just go out and just watch just, a wild game. I mean, he was incredible that night. The only thing that kept that game close was Colin DeYoung. Uh, an incredible night. But that's what us goalies are there for. Sometimes when the team isn't kicking on all cylinders or the other goalie is just killing it as well, that that's what we're there for. And uh, speaking of honorable mentions and just killing it, honorable mention for this month, I'm just going to go with ETA. How do you pronounce his name? Uh, Emil, oh, this is a good one. Emil Talifer and Seal, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So, um, <laughs> yeah, that guy. Emil ETA. <laughs> <laughs> you want to talk about a goalie clinic? Him and Kai Rivas. It was the Friday night game from December second, if that adds up, where. I think ETA only let in two goals and Kyrie Reeves had the shutout. But even though even the the broadcast team there in Bellingham was like, okay, well, our first star has got to be ETA. <laughs> like, yeah, Reeves had the shutout and he played incredible, but ETA just had everything but the kitchen sink. Maybe they even did throw the kitchen sink at him. I don't know what else they could have thrown at ETA that game. But I'm going to I will literally send you some of his glove saves that will make your head melt. Like unbelievable they just Rivas and eta put on a show so for any any of you you know weird goalies like us two that just want to watch a goalie showdown to december rogue valley and bellingham what a game by these kids you know i will say though that the the sunday game was a uh, scoring clinic between these two teams so 
I enjoy the um, I enjoy the goalie clinic. That's my weird little addition to this world is goalies. But let's move into the rest of the netminders for the month. And at number 10 is going to be Heath Goldsmith, the 0-2 out of Henderson, Nevada, who plays on the Long Beach Shredders. I mean, he's just had a month. I mean, <laughs> he, he will be featured a couple times as well on our – all these players will be featured on our – on our best saves in the month if they haven't been already and they all really really stood out and, and goldsmith off of long beach did in fact you might be hearing a little bit more from goldsmith very soon so be sure to listen in at number nine was maximilian lednicki the 04 out of martin slovakia who plays on the rock springs prospectors i think rock springs has officially discovered who their 1a 1b tandem might be after months of playing around and i think lednicki is maybe the 1a Maybe the one B, not really sure, but he has had a month and he's had an incredible month and he's been a lot of fun to watch. And I tell you what, his leg movements are just, they're just, they're, they're fun to watch as a goalie. <laughs> just he's, he's got, his legs are very, very, they're, they do what they're supposed to do as a goalie. I wish my legs moved like that when I was in the net. And number eight is going to be Chris Walgren off of the Lake Tahoe Lakers. And he's an 03 out of Medina, Minnesota. And talking about legs, I'm I'm hoping he felt better after one of his games in November. Where who were they playing? God, I cannot remember who Lake Tahoe was playing. But every single time this team broke in, it was a cross ice pass. My groin would have been dead two periods in for sure. I would not have survived into the third period. It was just nonstop back and forth. There's only so much you can do as a goalie when they're stretching out the whole team that thin. Uh, but Walgreens stood in there really, really strong. <laughs> At number seven is going to be Benz Norbert Paul from the Fresno Monsters. He's an 05 out of, I'm not going to try to pronounce it, but it is the heart of Transylvania, Romania. And that's where he's out of. And man, what a month he's had for Fresno. One of the major reasons that Fresno is uh, at the top of the Pacific Division. Uh, number six is going to be off the Utah Outliers. The 03 out of Butler, Pennsylvania, Nathan Dickey. I know you loved his saves when we, we did the Master Men of the Mountain Division episode. And you're going to love some of his additional <laughs> saves this month. Because he did have an incredible one this weekend as well. I think it was against Ogden. I got to remember. They played a few teams this weekend. So at least two. So they did the the big opener there in Idaho Falls. But Nathan Dickey just had – he had a month. And he was – I think he's trying to take that position in uh, in the blue paint there in, in Utah. And uh, with his play as of late, it wouldn't be a surprising, surprising take there. At number five would be Owen Yancey speaking to trying to take the net. For the Ogden Mustangs, I tell you what, he's an 0-2, and he has just had a month. He He's taken that net there in Ogden piece by piece. He's had an incredible season. He's been really, really fun to watch and has made some beauties, just some beauties so far this season. And number four is going to be Ben DeFiore off the Idaho Falls Bud Kings. He's an 0-2 out of Glen Falls, New York. And I don't know what else I can say about DeFiore, but he has kept Idaho in a lot of games, or at least respectably enough games to where they weren't complete beatdowns. They should have been outscored, especially in the early portion where they didn't have ice time. And this is a team that really, they didn't have an arena until this weekend. And so it's really hard to practice hockey without ice time. And that was showing with the Idaho Falls Bud Kings. But now that they're kind of fine tuning their roster and they've got home ice, they're going to be fun to watch. This is by far saying it here the best arena in the usphl maybe even the null not 100 sure i'd have to look through the ushl arenas but this is this this is going to be the it's definitely going to be the best arena in the ncdc but the usphl as a whole this what is it i think a four or five thousand seat arena and they pack it <laughs> their games are fun already a blast to watch and number three is going to be kai revis off the bellingham blazers really is kind of Again, another goalie that's trying to take that position as the main primary starter there in Bellingham, and I think he's done it. And like I said, an 05 out of Surrey, BC. And uh, if I'm if I'm some of these other programs uh, for higher levels up, up, above the Premier, I'm I'm looking at some of these 05s for sure. Um, and number two, your boy off your fantasy team, the 04 out of Arizona, Connor Dumasnil. 
I don't I don't know what else we can say about him, but he keeps the Bakersfield Roughnecks in games they have no right being involved in. <laughs> Just like it, this team is as an expansion team has struggled, and he has kept them. He's give he's stolen wins by far. He has stolen wins, but there's games where they only lose him like three to two, and that that's Connor's game. I'm telling you what. I know you love talking about all this amazing hockey talent coming up from the south. And well, the Southwest, Cali, so to speak. just just yeah, just love like I'm I'm looking forward to the point where it's no longer considered a non-traditional yeah. market, right? And like California now, look how many times you've mentioned California for players just yeah. out of your top ten list, right? So yeah, and then here comes a shocker, right? <laughs> Who's the goalie of the month? <laughs> goalie of the month is none other than Antonio Tarantino, the O2 out of Fremont, California, that plays on the Vernal Oilers. There's a reason his team is 19-0, and undefeated. I know they're going to be coming up to some pretty big challenges this month. They're going to be, I, th- I think they're going to, they're going to a showcase, I'm pretty sure. And they're going to be facing some pretty strong teams in the Pacific Division. And, you know, it's going to be, it's going to be a big test um, because they are playing in a small division. It's going to be a test. And I think if, if they can pull out wins or very, very, very close losses, in those games, I think they're going to cement themselves as one of, I mean, they already are one of the best teams in the league. They're 19 and 0. They're undefeated. But again, it's one of those damned if you do, damned if you don't scenarios to where their division is uh, struggling a little bit. I mean, Seattle's pretty strong. Bellingham and Rogue Valley and Rock Springs, they all struggle a little bit, but they've all got amazing talent. They're all fun to watch, I tell you that much. But uh, they all struggled a little bit in the beginning of the season, and I think they're all slowly coming in to find their own groove. But Vernal was able to take advantage of that, facing off against uh, – I mean, Vernal was, no, <laughs> was in the same position these other teams were. They just – put together the pieces quicker something they did something right and a big portion of that is antonio tarantino i mean what uh i mean what a month he had and you know he ended up with a lot more starts where he wasn't pulled in the last five to ten minutes of every game uh because they were so far ahead so and again i understand that as a coach do it all day long but not when he's posting a shutout yeah. Still a personal, still, <laughs> yes. still pisses me off that they pulled him while he was posting a shutout. And then the other goalie comes in, faces 14 shots, stops 13 of them. So I'm like, oh, it, it, it killed me not only because he's on my fantasy team, but it also killed me because shutouts are precious to us goalies. Mm-hmm. They're what we, we aim for that goose egg. We aim for that moment. There's a lot of times we can't remember specific things about a season, but we can tell you how many shutouts we had. And they're they're precious. So you don't take a goalie out of a game that's posting a shutout. I don't that's just for me, that's just a bad coaching strategy because that's a confidence builder for your goalie. Having those shutouts on the record just builds that confidence. If he let in a goal already, that yeah, pull him. Pull him immediately. <laughs> you know? It's like, oh man, you stopped the last thirty four, but you couldn't stop that one, you're pulled. If it's a nine to one lead, I get it at that point. If it's a nine nothing lead, you leave the goalie in the net. That's a shutout. You know, I just I don't agree with that decision. We we're goalies, man. We know how precious those things are to us, but they're doing something amazingly well there in Vernal to be 19 and 0. And they are a lot of fun to watch. They got some of the best scorers right now in the West. And then Tarantino net, if again, college programs, if I say they're from O2 on this podcast, you should be looking at all these players from O2s, all of them. And then again, the, uh, the 03s and above, if I'm a higher program, I'm definitely uh, sniffing around some of these players, that's for sure, to see if uh, they might be available next year. But uh, it's been a long podcast, man. Maybe you should wrap this up for the listeners, yeah? Yeah, yeah, they've 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 heard of plenty from us, but I want to say, Tarantino, we need to get you on this show. There it is, Tarantino. You've been personally invited by Steve right here to jump on the podcast. So if uh, if you're listening, reach out. Well, we already communicate back and forth, but, you know. Still reach out. <laughs> so, but yeah, we, we should definitely get some more goalies on here. And Tarantino would be a fun one to have on here for sure. But that said, we want to thank all of you listeners for tuning in. Be sure to reach out if you're in the junior or collegiate hockey world and wish to get on a future podcast. Also, follow us on Twitter at PHH Official to let us know what you think. This was the Pigeon Hockey Podcast with Chris and Steve. Have a great one, hockey fans. And remember, listeners, always clear your crease.